I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right! All right! This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What up? Doug Gottlieb Show in the Bonus on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Welcome, welcome, welcome in. So, Jay Stu, um... You know, it's interesting. I'm broadcasting today from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and there's lots of differences in different parts of the country. But I would say the number one difference in the South and the Midwest and the coasts, okay, is it is completely normal, for example, in Tuscaloosa, to never own a piece of clothing that's orange. And to, like... At any for any meeting, meetup, whatever you go traveling to wear something that has an Alabama what colors and two Alabama logo on it. it it's a, I don't know if it's a I I guess it's a school of pride or an identifying with this is where I I'm from in the country, but you ever notice that like when you go to the Midwest when you go to the South. You're like you're getting on an airplane. If you're flying to a college town, people will be wearing that college's gear on. You know, and it's just very, very normal. Whereas in California, I people don't walk up and down the street with USC gear on or UCLA gear on or Cal or Stanford or whatever, uh, unless you're going to one of their games. It's the only time. So you're just talking about 
just walking around town, everybody is wearing red and Tuscaloosa. Yes, it's very normal to to it's it'd be abnormal to wear anything orange in all of Tuscaloosa. Jay Stu, did you read this story that I tweeted out? Um, it's from the New York Post. Apparently, an American Airlines jet, okay, American Airlines jet had to turn around because one passenger was farting excessively. It was reported ahead of back to the gate, remove the flyer. Uh, um, a Reddit user posted a detailed account from the incident, which took place on a flight from Phoenix to Austin. The poster noted that the passenger in the question was audibly disgruntled and was grumbling about something having to do with his health and life and death. Then after the passengers had boarded, the man reportedly said, you thought that was rude. Check this out. The flyer then supposedly doubled down, criticizing his fellow travelers for this eat, eating the smelliest food possible at the same time. An argument broke out uh, between flight attendants who then intervened. Right? The plane returned to the gate where the man was reportedly removed, delaying the trip by 15 to 30 minutes. Okay, so there's a bunch of different things here. So apparently the guy was ripping ass, right, and was rude and, you know, made it about what other people were eating. Like, this does feel like all kinds of rudeness on airplanes. But I will tell you, I don't understand how these people are like, you're not supposed to lean back your chair. Like, that's rude. You're not allowed to lean back your chair when you're taking off or you're landing. But when you're flying, you're absolutely allowed to lean back your chair. They're specifically designed to lean back just a slight amount and not disrupt the person behind you. That is your God-given right. Now, um, by the way, I, we t- we talked about this when uh, a few weeks back when that when that lady went off on that guy. Uh-huh. It's it's to me, I fall into the category of it. It's there for sure for you to use, but there is a courtesy. If the person behind you is not uh, has not chosen to recline, then you can make just kind of a choice of do I want to recline into someone who's sitting up. There, there's like a consideration there, I think. That's where I fall. Do you have to turn around and go like, hey, I'm going to lean this back? No, no, no. You can, But you can turn around and see if they're lean back, you know? But why is it, why because they don't want to lean back, can I not lean back? No, no, you can. This, this is a courtesy. I mean, this is just, I, if I'm sitting straight up and somebody leans back, my first thought is, huh. Oh, He's in the cat or they're in the category of I'm just gonna fuck do what I fucking want to do and that's no big deal. I'm not in that category. I just I, I want to be a little bit more considerate than that. But I, I again like I, there's a there's a limit there between being considerate and then doing what somebody else wants when it's your right to do what you want. You know you understand what I'm saying? Like I understand what you're saying. Like you don't want to be rude and just like lay down in somebody's lap, but like. Look, this the seats are designed to lay. I mean, it's like two or three inches. It's not like you're you're reclining into somebody's lap. We make it out like it's a huge deal, anyway. But it's interesting. Like, there's like three levels of I can't do it on a on a plane. You know, and yes, obviously the it's not just him farting, but just people with body odor and they just smell. Like, dude, you you can't. And then. Uh, I would say that people who bring in food that smells, that stinks, like you can't do that either. That happened to me one of these last couple of trips I was on where somebody sat down like next to me. They're totally polite and they go and they sit down. All of a sudden they go in their bag and they open up and it was 
fucking tuna fish. Now, for the record, when I was a kid, I couldn't stand tuna fish. And now I can eat tuna fish. Like, it's an evolution in terms of my taste buds. But I don't think anybody in the airplane likes themselves subjected to the smell of tuna fish. You can't have a tuna fish sandwich on an airplane. That's, that's almost as toxic as, uh, as smoking a cigarette that used, people used to do on an airplane. So you can't eat stinky food. You have to manage your own body health. And then the last part is the whole talking loud and arguing thing, like shut the actual fuck up and sit down and go for, go for a flight. I was on a flight last night, so I took a red eye from LAX to Charlotte and then Charlotte to Birmingham. I'm here in Tuscaloosa. And uh, I was pretty tired and, you know, I was an early boarding group. And I was sitting there and two guys sat down next to me and they were fairly nice. There wasn't anything wrong with them, but they were watching one the guy next to me was watching his phone without AirPods on at like full blast. And it's, you know, 1230 at night and we're getting ready to take off. That to me was super rude. So that's actually ruder probably than uh, than reclining your seat when you're, the seats are de- designed to recline. Like, everyone knows you need headphones. It's loud. It's at night. Everyone's trying to sleep. You can't do it that way. Let me ask you this. Are you, um, are you always listening to your uh, AirPods when they're going through the uh, safety instructions and looking at your phone? Or, no. Do you pay no, attention? No, but I use it. No. <laughs> I mean, like, look, what do I, if, if I'm sitting in the exit row, First of all, I got my seatbelt buckled. Like I'm, I put that thing on. I do it tight, just especially with the seven three seven max. You know, doors falling off. Um, so yeah, like last night, I wasn't paying attention to anything. I had my eyes closed. I was just, I try to make myself go to sleep as soon as I hit the chair. And usually it works. It didn't work that well last night because those guys came in kind of late, and then they were blaring their their Instagram reels that they were watching, which is like fine. But like, dude, just wear AirPods. Um, anyway, uh, do I listen to it? No, but here's the thing. Okay. If there's an emergency and I'm near the exit thing, I know how to take, I've been through that training session enough where if I can get to the door to lift it up, I will. Uh, uh, but for the most part in a real situation, people are going to fucking panic. So it doesn't really matter what you tell them. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a that's a it's definitely a cover your ass uh, situation where they need to get that instruction out there at, in case at some point down the line there's some litigation at some point. Well, how about that the door fell off and no one died? Like, no it seems to have happened a couple of times in the last year. Am I? Am I? Maybe I'm thinking of the same one. I, but no, I, the hell's I going just, on? just once. Well, they're having problems. You know, Boeing is. Not exactly doing well, but, you know, got to make sure those rivets are in. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to what the fuck says. And now... <laughs> Every day at this time of the Doug Gottlieb Show, we play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. This is Dan Patrick and Dan Orlovsky talking about Josh Allen. It feels like most of the talk in the first couple of days after these games over the weekend have to do with people defending or criticizing Josh Allen or defending or criticizing Brock Purdy. Why? Uh, Well, I think, I mean, obviously I was on the whole day Monday doing the defense defending of Josh. I, I think part of or the focal point for the defending or conversation around Josh is it doesn't make sense if you're a sports person that he's lost. You know, that that's the that's the part where you sit there and go, sports usually is the the meritocracy. Like you get what you deserve or you get what you earn at some point. Maybe not all the time, but at some point. And you know, for so many instances in that matchup, that quarterback has played to a level you sit there and say absolutely deserves to win the game or absolutely has earned that win and for the third time in a row you sit there and go it didn't happen you know and, and he became a lightning rod this year because of the conversation of turnovers and and everyone that was you know trying to make that the focal point of his game and so I think it just became this this overwhelming conversation because if Josh had turned thrown the you know two interceptions on on Sunday night's game, it would have been different. But he played at such a remarkable level that it became this like, well, dude, you should win that game. But then the the crowd that wants to, you know, hate on them, use it. Well, you lost. 
Um, I just think this is the way the sport has has become. And, you know, when you make that much money, when you have that much discussion, you don't win games and you uh, and you, you know, put a ball where it shouldn't be. All of those things. You know, this is the criticism you get. Like, I don't none of this is surprising. We've done this every year. Um, has it gotten worse or has it gotten more pronounced? Maybe, but it's also the, I mean, it's really just kind of track the money. That's what it comes down to is, you know, the quarterbacks are making so much money, getting so much attention that we talk about them a ton because wins and losses are a quarterback stat. They're not the only quarterback stat, but they're definitely a quarterback stat. Here's Richard Sherman talking about Lamar Jackson. I'm, I'm betting against Lamar because I've only seen Patrick Mahomes lose in the playoffs to Burrow and Brady. I've only seen him lose one yeah. Super Bowl. He's been to three. I've seen him lose an AFC championship game to Burrow. I've seen him lose to, to, to Brady in the AFC championship. I've not seen anybody else send him home with a loss. And so it's not about it's not about Lamar. It's about Patrick Mahomes has found a way to win these games regardless of situation, regardless of what's going on, except for those people. And so I, 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 it's going to take Lamar to send him home. It's going to take a Herculean effort to send him home, which it usually takes Brady. You remember when Brady sent him home? It took three third and tens, as you always so eloquently it put it. I know. To, to Rob I've never seen anything like it before. Never yep. seen anything like it. Usually to send him no. home, it takes something that you've never seen anything like. When Burrow sent him home, it was a dog fight. He sent him home. When Brady beat him in the Super Bowl, he was missing his two tackles. And, and Shaq Barrett, JPP, and those boys got after him all game. But outside of those games, he rarely gets sent home with a loss. We said we we intercepted him twice in a game. We had him against he the did. ropes, down ten points with you seven minutes him. to go. They run off twenty-one straight. Yeah, I mean, like, look, this is all a real thing, and I, you know, I think what what Richard Sherman is saying is what America knows. It's just like we all want Lamar eventually to get over that hump, but we haven't actually seen it, and it's really hard to bet against Pat Mahomes because. Between he and Andy Reid, they find a way to figure it out. Even when games, you know, you're not supposed to be getting behind in playoff games and, and, and getting wins, but they do. So I completely understand where he's coming from, and I think that's actually a reasonable take. Until, until we see otherwise, you have to side with Pat Mahomes, regardless of his surrounding talent and Lamar's surrounding talent. That said, it, it shouldn't be a close game. Like, Lamar's team's healthy. I believe they're far more talented, um, and they're playing at home, and they had one day extra rest and didn't have to travel, so it's like two days extra rest. This shouldn't be a close game, but how can you bet against Mahomes? Here's Colin Cowherd talking about the Chargers coaching hire. It really is, though, the only move for the Chargers for a lot of reasons. First of all, they've missed on multiple coordinators. Jim's not a coordinator. They need a real culture. I mean, there's a term called chargering. You got to get that thing out of here. You got to get chargering, like off the mantle. He's a culture builder. No more chargering. And the Rams have had more recent success and more historical success. And the other thing is Jim Harbaugh has a huge advantage And it's one the Chargers need. Herbert in about a year, Justin Herbert's going to be starting making big boy money. And they're $45 million over the cap now. So they have got a hit on multiple draft picks. they got to get cheap because they're 
overspending. They had some free agent misses. Herbert's going to be making a lot of money. You don't want to get trapped. At this point, Harbaugh's the only move. Even hiring Mike Vrabel, who I'm a huge fan of, would feel small. It just sounds right. Star head coach in Los Angeles with an emerging young star quarterback. It's like a movie script. Uh, it is. My fear with Harbaugh, though, is that uh, it's been there's been a little too much college, although he's done a good job of, you know, I, I think the, the thing with the interviews where he always has him talk to somebody else, to a player after, is that it's like a running joke. He doesn't want to do it. But there is a certain sacrifice of ego. It's not about him. He lets coordinators coordinate. He lets coaches coach. He lets players get the shine that they need. And that's a big challenge when you go to the NFL is to, if you've been in college, it's about the coach. You go to the pros, it's about the players. So I, I do think that fits. I just, I, I wonder who he hires, you know, if I'm, and I do wonder if they're too conservative offensively for what how Herbert needs to play um, but how can you how can you go against if they hire a Jim Harbaugh when he's literally won everywhere he's been including the NFL previously you can't it's outside of Belichick there's no better hire I like I would like Vrabel for it but I, I can't really side with it you need credibility and he brings it that's what the Fox said be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out who or what's annoying Jason Stewart. And now, it's your annoying. Hey, Doug. Um, so I think it was Monday uh, when I talked about Tony Romo in this segment. Um, I, I listed all the things I think that annoy me about him, but there was one incident that occurred that I didn't mention, and it was really funny. Um, I'm just going to let Chris Russo, who was on First Take today, uh, tell you about it. Now listen, I know he's making $17 million and everybody gets a kick out of him. I've had enough. On Sunday during this game, 56 million people watched it. Tony, our little pal Romo, on this particular play early in the game, you remember it? When Diggs, again, fumbled it and the ball was knocked out of bounds by Kincaid. He got a 10-yard penalty. First play of the game. Tony said, boy, that's like the play with Franco Harris. The play with Franco Harris is the immaculate reception for crying out loud. What he should have meant, he needs a history lesson called me. This is the play that we are referring to. This is called the Holy Roller. This is 78. That's the snake. Throws the ball. They kick it into the end zone. Opening early in the year against the Chargers. And who catches the ball in the end zone? Hall of Famer Dave Casper. They changed the rules after that. Anybody who knows anything about football knows that that play with the snake, that is the holy roller. Romo who sat there and talked about Franco when the ball is knocked out of bounds by KK. That is awful, 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 awful. What's, what, what's annoying about this is that I, I remember hearing it in real time and knowing it was wrong. I didn't quite know what the reference was. I thought it was actually the fumble ruski, but um, Jim Nance just sat there awkwardly. He didn't confirm that it was Franco, but he didn't like correct him. No producer in his ear saying, what, what are you talking about? What's going on with Franco Harris? So just, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, it's great sound. And I, I like that there are more and more people piling on Tony Romo. And Tony, you're not even getting historical facts correct. Yeah. Um, and I would think that Nance would, Nance is like an encyclopedia. The only thing I could think of with Nance twofold one is he, he didn't know how to correct him or two which more likely is he did have somebody in his ear but about something else you know and it's 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 really really it's very hard to correct people or to clean things up when you're not totally listening because you're doing something else but is yeah that's a play you got to know or you can't reference i would agree what the, else? um jared goff did his radio hit yesterday and they had this exchange this is good does bulletin board material matter to you guys at all? Uh, it depends what it is. What, what do you got? Skip Bayless, after your game, tweeted out the following. No, I don't care about anything he says. You can stop now. <laughs> it's, it's not... I love it. No, yeah. no oxygen. No oxygen. <laughs> yeah, no. It, 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 anything those guys say on daytime TV, you can you can skip over that. 
I mean, daytime TV. I I just I love the dismissiveness in this. And I wish that more high-profile players would say stuff like this. I think yes. that's what's annoying about this is that uh, more like high-profile people with platforms they usually take the high road on this shit. But Jared Goff's like, oh no, I don't care about that guy or any of the other daytime TV hosts. That's amazing. Right. Well, responding to them is actually it's it's fueling the fire. It's saying that you care what they say. So what he's doing is is brilliant. It's brilliant. If you really want somebody to go away, don't utter their name. Don't give it oxygen. That's great. This one takes uh, some nuance here, so give me a, give me a second to weigh this out. So, um, Todd Helton was voted to the Hall of Fame yesterday. He got over seventy five percent of the vote, which uh, gets you in. The last two years, he didn't. I think the last three years, maybe he's he's like increased. You know, he's gone from like forty six percent up to seventy six. And my general rule about Hall of Famers is that if they're not like a pure first or second ballot guy. If, if if they're if they're not immediate Hall of Famers in your mind, they're then they shouldn't be Hall of Famers. Right. And the problem too with Todd, and it's, it's nothing against him. By the way, I like Todd as a person. I think it's cool that the last person that Peyton Manning ever was a backup for was Todd Helton at Tennessee. I think it's cool that Todd Helton played an entire career for the Rockies, who pretty much sucked for most of those years. Um, I think all that stuff is a really nice story. I just don't think he's a Hall of Famer. And that that dreaded thing that that has been held against him, it should be held against him, is that he had an uh, an OPS of eight fifty five on the road, compared to an OPS of almost like three hundred points better uh, at home. And to me, everybody before they went before they cooked the balls, everybody played really well in Colorado. It was an offensive juggernaut venue. I know your buddy Matt Holiday played there, and it's probably yeah. held against him too. But I think in this situation, Helton's number should be, um, I don't know what you would call it, not not discounted, but his numbers at home, are, it, first of Celebrated. all, should be a factor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so what was the, what was the, what's annoying about Todd Helton? I just, that he I, got into I'd, the Hall I'd of rather fame? he not be a Hall of Famer. I like him a lot, and he was a good player for his time, but I just don't think he's a Hall of Famer, and it's annoying. I, that I would agree, and I, we've gotten to this point where you're like, this is what makes the steroid era really hard. You know, it makes it really hard because, you know, you. for example, you know, Matt Matt is a friend of mine. He did not receive a high percentage of votes yesterday. Hey, probably not going to get in, but he was a, what, a seven-time All-Star, a four-time Silver Slugger. How many more times would he have been an all-star silver slugger if he wasn't competing against guys who were on steroids. It changes completely how we look at their historic numbers, too. It's impossible not to. Um, and, and for Helton, like, are we rewarding him just because he's a really good player and a good dude? Or are we playing him because he's a really good player and a good dude and he would be historically more significant if he wasn't compared, compared to steroid guys? That's a hard one. Any more? No. So, um... It's just the annoying Tony Romo getting the historical fact wrong. It's annoying that more high-profile guys don't call out guys like Bayless and Todd Helton in the Hall of Fame. I think the Romo thing, and I'm not going to sell out who it was, but this had me. I was doing an NCAA tournament game, and we I had a sideline reporter working with me, and this person said, you know, um, Steve Fisher, who won a national championship with the Fab Five. 
Okay. Steve Fisher won a national championship, um, but it wasn't with the Fab Five. It was in 19, was it 89, I believe, uh, when he was the interim head coach of Michigan. Glenn Rice, Ramil Robinson, they, be, they beat Terry DeHare, Ramon Ramos, Pookie Wigington, and Seton Hall on a terrible call. The Fab Five got to two Final Fours, didn't win a national championship. Anyway, the point is that, like, I, I can't say that historical facts always matter when you're doing a radio show. You can get corrected. But when you're referencing it and you're a former NFL quarterback and you're calling an AFC divisional playoff game, you do have to get that right. And it does show that Tony is ready, shoot, aim. And uh, sometimes you can't do that or you expose yourself. It's annoying! Why are we doing this? Why do I... Because we can. What's the because we can, Jay Stu? The world was clamoring for this. Um, they needed to hear the Kelsey brothers talk about Jason being with his shirt off and Taylor Swift. The world was clamoring for this sound. The only thing I cared about it was that I hoped that they used a cuss word so that we could use it. So go ahead. There was not enough cameras on the suite where you could see Kylie, though. I wanted to see her reaction to all of this so bad. Yeah. I don't think she was happy about it, to be honest with you. I, there was one picture, and it was her kind of smiling and laughing at it and kind of for it. Like, yep, there's Jason. I just know it was like that scene out of fucking... Uh, I'm not going to lie. I gave Kylie a heads up. I, the moment we got into the suite, I said, I'm <laughs> taking my shirt off, and I'm jumping out of that suite. And she said, Jason, right. she said, Jason, don't you dare. And I was like, hey. See, I'm thinking... Just letting you know I'm happening. thinking it's like that. I'm not uh, asking for permission. I'm doing this. <laughs> Once, once a Kelsey man's determined, there's no fucking stopping him. Pretty awesome. Uh, it's awesome. But, you know, you, you did you did have, like, I saw there was a couple of different news articles, like, Jason Kelsey's wife not happy with him taking his shirt off. It's like, no, that's what he said. And there's no way you're married to Jason Kelsey and you're not okay with the antics. Just not. They didn't just get married. Why can we play it for you? Because we can Let's go to pick of the day. Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day. Uh, all right, pick of the day comes to us from college basketball. Well, I'm broadcasting from the site of Alabama taking on Auburn. Alabama's a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Auburn. Um, and Auburn's been playing some incredible basketball of late. They haven't lost since December 3rd. December 3rd. That includes wins over Indiana. USC at home, at Arkansas, A&M, at Vandy, Ole Miss. They just smacked on Saturday. Now they take on Alabama. Alabama's had a similar season in that they've beaten everybody except the teams they're, they're – they've beaten all the teams they're supposed to beat. Right? They just played a more difficult schedule. They just got beat by 20 at Tennessee. Now they have Auburn coming in. Um, Bama's a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and Auburn has an 11-game home win streak. I'm going to take Alabama to win this game. It just feels like a home team deal. Uh, I don't know if people have seen Mark Sears play. He's actually leading the SEC in scoring. He's a fifth-year senior for Muscle Shoals. He went to Ohio U for a couple years. This is his second year here. Kind of a scoring machine. And then they have Grant Nelson, who uh, played at uh, North Dakota State, I think, last year. And he's been a little bit up and down, but uh, six foot eleven. Dude with a mustache who can just score. I, I like I like Alabama in this setting. 
uh, coming off a whooping. They had their their manhood challenged by their coach. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think, definitely think um, Alabama's the right pick. That's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Check out the radio show. It follows this. Download it on a podcast form or listen live 3 to 5 Eastern on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. I'm Doug Gottlieb. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.